the crew all season long on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. All right, tough one tonight. First time this year the Brewers lose back-to-back games. And they fall to the Tigers 4-2 to tonight, really on just one swing of the bat, a few walks involved as well. I'm Dom Catronio over here on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee tonight. Of course, with the Bucks already losing. Now they're down 3-1. And how about the fact that the best news of the day for Milwaukee was the fact that their starting quarterbacks leaving town, right? Not many cities can say the same, that most folks are happy about that. And that was the best thing that happened today. Uh, but the Brewers fall, the Bucks fall, Aaron Rodgers just traded. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Brewers here for the next hour or so with our friend Jeff Cirillo here on the line. Jeff, I, I don't know how to overreact to this one. I'm seeing plenty of overreaction on Twitter right now. But, yeah, it's a loss to a bad team in the Detroit Tigers. But I, I look at this lineup, and I think, to me, this is the first game that the injuries really did finally pile up and show their head to the Brewers that they weren't truly at full strength tonight. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm just looking at the, the roster now. I mean, just you have Bush on the DL. You know, you designated Guerrera and brought up Cousins. I mean, they're definitely starting to leak a little bit as far as the boat goes. But, you know, that's why you have depth. And I think we've talked about many times. You don't go into the uh, season with, with five starters. You go into it with a ton of players and a ton of pitching. So they're being being tested right now for sure. Being tested, but hey, it's look again. Like I said the other night, look at the calendar. It's April twenty fourth. They're still fifteen and eight. They're still in a very good position uh, to keep things rolling along right now. When I look at the Brewers, right? When I look at this team, this has been a theme now for the last three seasons or so. Their lack of continuity against left-handed pitching. They just have not had success against left-handed starters specifically. Is there anything you can put your finger on as to why that is or what has gone wrong in these specific starts against lefties? No, I mean, I really can't I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, they're, they're trying their best. I mean, looking at guys like so. I mean, he's, he's obviously a guy that's, that's killed lefties, and he picked up a home run again tonight. But you saw tonight's lineup. I mean, it was it was definitely right right stacked heavy with Telez getting a day off and Yelich coming in late to pinch it as Telez is as well. But you know, guys like Weimer and and, and Perkins and, and some of these other guys and and vote that they're they're brought in here to hit right handed left handed pitching, and just so so as it is right now, it's just not getting done. Yeah, right now you look at from five down. In the order today, Luke Voigt and Christian Yelich in the five spot combined 0 for 3 with a hit by pitch. Then Owen Miller and Rowdy Telez combined 1 for 4 with an infield hit. Joey Weimer went 0 for 4. Blake Perkins went 0 for 3. Bryce Terang went 0 for 3. Not to pile on, but I mean, one infield hit, 5 through 9 in the order, that's not going to get it done when we've praised the back half of the order so far in the season, how much production they've been able to put together. And tonight was one of those days that, like I said, I'm not going to overreact to a night that the offense finally looked human in which they still hit two home runs. You know, it's weird because when when we talked last, I mean, they had just gotten done putting a bow on on an unbelievable road trip, you know, with a a three-game sweep in Seattle. So that's the thing about baseball. And like you said, it it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's a 162-game schedule, and for the most part, everyone's going to win 62 and, and lose 62. You know, it's the other 42 or the other 40 games that are really the difference makers. And tonight, you know, I mean, and they're going through a little bit, but they weren't probably as good as they were, and they're probably not as poor as they've showed in the last this last few games. Yeah, and you look at 
I'm trying to going to find some silver linings throughout this show as well. But one of the silver linings I find in this one, and before you come at me, yes, I know they played the Tigers in this one. But at the same time, Bryce Wilson delivered two solid innings once again. Uh, Jake Cousins slammed the door in a shaky eighth inning for Alex Claudio. And then he you know, got out of his own mess in the ninth inning with a couple of strikeouts as well. Seeing the bullpen perform again is solid. Claudio is here as you know, a stopgap. I don't know how long he's going to last on this roster. But giving a breather of Hobie is important. And using Bryce Wilson, I just want to continue to sing his praises, man. He has been a huge heaven sent to save the bullpen on nights like tonight where they are trailing and him to go multiple innings and you know try to keep the Brewers in it, I thought was a very underrated aspect of tonight's game. Yeah, and I think you're going to see Bryce Wilson start to get more opportunities when the team is winning. You know, Obviously in Seattle when he pitched the, the two games and he, and he held a minute to, for the Brewers to win that one. But, you know, I mean, tonight he pitched two innings and, and, and just pitching in, in losing situations. But going back to the, the – I mean, I was watching the game pretty closely, and, and, and Boyd got away with a lot of pitches, you know, right down the middle, especially that one inning with Weimer and Perkins. And, you know, he got a, he got the one generous call to, to swing that count from 1-1 one, one to 1-2 one, or two, from 2-1 two, to 1-2 and then made Perkins swing at that ball out over the plate. But, you know, there was a lot of hittable pitches – you know, and, and it seemed like if he looked back at that tape, you know, he got away with a lot of pitches tonight. And what I look at, too, when folks are confused about Eric Lauer's success, right? We see Eric Lauer get tons of swings and misses on fastballs and cutters that seem like they're right down the middle. And Matt Boyd was kind of like that tonight. You just saw a ton of whiffs right down the middle. There's something funky. There's something deceptive. There's something about the ball's carry that the guys just had them off guard. I tip my cap partially to that, but you mentioned the, the fourth inning, the at-bat with Perkins, but that was the inning. You know, having the bases loaded and only one out to have Weimer pop out and Perkins strike out, I think that was the moment if we're talking. I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit later when we talk difference-making moments, but Boyd had something working with that fastball, man. All of his strikeouts were on the fastball. Yeah, I mean, there was a pitch that Weimer got. It was 1-1. I think it was it – was pretty much right down the middle and you know you're taught to kind of hit the ball in the air and sometimes and i I would never teach that but i think that in you know when you're going through your progression of batting practice okay infield in and infield back and when the infield in you kind of change your swing to hit the ball in the outfield and he just got a little bit under that one and and it was it was definitely a cookie it was a missed spot and just he got away with it tonight yeah, those sort of performances happen from time to time. Uh, if you want to join in on the show, 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776 is the text line. We'll be with you until 10.30 or so this evening. We're talking Brewers here. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers got traded. Yeah, the Bucks lost. That's over on WTMJ. We're going to talk about this one a little bit longer with Jeff Cirillo. I'm Dom Catronio. This is also brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come on Brewers Extra Innings after this. On Brewers Extra Innings, I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Thanks for joining us on this odd Monday night in Milwaukee, given uh, all three major sports have some headlines going on today. 
But the Brewers fall on this one by a final of 4-2. to two. Getting to a few of your tweets and a few texts that have rolled in as well. I'm on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. This one from Andrew Jeff. This feels like yesterday's loss. Things were looking okay in both games. But in yesterday's case, we had a pitching collapse. And in today's game, we had a hitting collapse. Oh, well. 140-something games to go. I like the last part of that, Andrew. I agree entirely. I think people tend to overreact on a bad loss like this one. It really wasn't even that bad of a loss. It was one bad pitch and a flat offensive performance that, you know, when you're in the clubhouse, you clean up, you get your dinner, and you go home, and you flush it. I mean, there's just not much to write home about a loss like this one, right, Jeff? You're not going to lose sleep over this. Not much. I mean, it's just one of those ones. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna lose two games in a row. It's not gonna like they're gonna go the whole season without it. And you know, quite frankly, they, they were so good uh, the last time we talked. Uh, it's kind of surprising to see them um, be a little flat. But you know, you gotta you gotta deal with the injuries, and uh, you know, they're mounting up on the Brewers. I mean, when your top two starters are out, you know, your potential rookie of the year center fielder is out for the season. I mean, you're you're dropping down into your into your um, depth of your organization and it's not always easy but they got a rally and, and they got so many great weapons and so many players on their team like you said just chalk yeah. it up to a bad night yeah exactly they've got weapons coming back too and a reminder to all with all due respect to colin ray this is a night that brandon woodruff normally would have been starting right and brandon woodruff probably isn't going to walk for detroit tigers including javi baez one of those times as well so i, I look at that I look at all, I mean, he is not a walks guy. This was an anomaly of a start for Colin Ray to have that many walks. And also the Tigers are a team that don't draw many walks. And it wasn't like Ray was nibbling on the zone. He was missing badly. And it looked like the Tigers just said, all right, we'll just wait for him to come into our zone. And it worked in their favor. Yeah, it's one of those ones. uh, I remember last time when he got in a little bit of trouble in Seattle. You know, when his sinker sinker kind of gets away from him, because he's got to be a guy, he's not overpowering, but he's got great command, and he controls four pitches. But it's that sinker that gets away from him. And tonight, that was the same thing when he fell behind a ton, 3-0. And, uh, you know, but quite frankly, I mean, he hit his spot, and he tried to go, he went 3 he went away, and then he tried to go back in with a sinker 3-1 as a good pitch. But sometimes you got to tip your cap. They're, they're major league hitters for a reason, and he got him. He did. He did. And let's. We already might have hinted at one of these difference-making moments. So let's talk about our difference-making moment of the game. Brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management is different. Not driven by commission sales. Not pushing financial products you may not actually need for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at annexwealth.com. Jeff, I'll give you the floor. What's your difference-making moment tonight? No, I thought it was just the, the like I just said. I just I think falling behind uh, Maton, you know, three and zero, and then just kind of coming back and had to challenge him in that situation. I mean, there's only really a handful of them. You know, I think that the the one one pitch that, that Weimer missed, the, the the dead center, you know, on the fly ball. So I mean, there wasn't many, but but I think I nailed on a couple of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I mean, it's pretty hard to pick anything other than the obvious, right, as far as, uh, you know, the missed, the, the bases loaded opportunity that failed and then the home run on 3-1 to Nick Maton. I also want to point out, you know, the fourth run that scored tonight, uh, it was a gamble by Blake Perkins there to lead off that fifth inning on trying to die for the Eric Haas ball and actually hit off his leg and resulted in a double for him. If that is kept in front of Perkins with a single, maybe that run never scores because they turn a nifty double play to end that inning with the infield in earlier than two. So I wonder about that. 
Granted, the Brewers' offense wasn't doing much aside from the solo home run in this one tonight. Another text in right now on the text line. Walks again plagued the pitching of the bats were held in check by a lefty starter. Do you see Hauser slotting in for Ray once he's ready to rejoin the club? That's from Josh here in Milwaukee. Uh, I think it sounds like yes. It sounds like Adrian Hauser is going to make one more rehab start down in AAA Nashville. He is being lengthened out to be a starter. His last rehab outing went four and two-thirds. Seemed like all good reports from that. He will go one more start, and then ideally the next start would be in the big leagues. And I think people forget Adrian Hauser has got plenty of big league reps. We saw how good he was in the second half of 2021, trying to channel that guy and erase what 2022 was for him. Yeah, I mean, Hauser is a similar similar style out of Ray. I mean, he's a, he's a contact player, pitcher, right? Sinker, slider type of guy, command type of guy. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy, I mean, we're hoping for, for a rebound from 2021. But, you know, he's down there for depth. You know, I, I don't think that he's going to be the savior. You know, you need to have Burns and, and, and Woodruff back in there. But I'm mean, at this point, you, know, you just need to make sure you kind of keep the, keep the line moving. And, you know, it doesn't matter who starts that day. You're, you're the number one starter for the Brewers. So it's definitely they need to have depth and they need to get him back. They definitely need to get him back, but you're as good as your next day starter. And Eric Lauer, he has been very good for the Brewers coming off of maybe his best start in a Brewers uniform against the Mariners last week. We'll talk a little bit about him, talk a little bit about tomorrow's matchup with Spencer Turnbull coming up here after the break. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on 94.5 ESPN. Detroit Tigers. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. We've talked about the pitching. We've talked about the injuries. But there was some good in this game, Jeff. And first and foremost, William Contreras finally off the uh, the slide, if you will, you know, having to deal with his teammates joshing him for not having his first homer yet as a brewer. Where he finally put the cheese head on today. A dead center shot. A great blast for him. Good to see him finally get in the home run column. Yeah, that was a big blast. You know, it's, it's no small feat to get a ball out of dead center field. That that must have felt good. You know, I just love his energy behind the plate. I do, I love the way he just holds the frame there. Uh, sometimes almost even too long, but uh, he, he's great energy behind the plate. It's fun to watch him, you know, uh, work, and it was good to see him get off the schneid tonight. The way I watch William Contreras work, it's very different. He's been very vocal about the fact that him and his brother are very different personalities. Now, it doesn't mean that William's not competitive because we have seen him be competitive. He'll slam a bat walking up the first baseline on a ground ball that he feels he should have got like he did tonight. But he's more of a quiet leader. He'll lead by example. He'll put in the work. And Craig Council, I was talking to Chris Hook about him today too, It's just that it is actually amazing how hard, how seriously he takes his job. And you are starting to see that really pay off right now here in April because I'm sure you've played with guys like this, Jeff, where you see him put in the work, and especially given how hard this offseason had to have been on him getting traded, learning a brand-new pitching staff, being expected to catch the majority of the games, and he has taken that in stride and performed admirably well so far this year. Oh, you can see it just the way he, he enjoys to play. He works with the pitcher. It doesn't matter if he's had a good game or, or not. He he has the ability to not take his offense on to defense. I love his energy. I love the way he's looking for to throw. He hits with two strikes. He's a, what a great acquisition. I, I really admire and appreciate the way he goes about his business. 
He really does. And he threw out a runner tonight in that big third inning. Pop time was uh, 1.94, which is not even his fastest this year. And I'm, and I know you can tell the fans that, I mean, anything sub two these days, I mean, that's almost expected in big league baseball. But he did that from his knees on a perfect pick by Terang as well. And the Brewers have done a really good job of stymieing the running game of opposing teams. There have only been a total of uh, 13 attempted steals against the Brewers this year, and they've thrown out seven of them. This is ridiculous stuff right now. Yeah, it's one of those ones, you know, you, you just, you know, there's a lot of eyewash that goes in. It's like, hey, we need to work on uh, really holding the runners this year. You know, but that starts in spring training. The pitchers have to buy into the facts. Like, hey, you got to be quicker to the plate, and some pitchers – they don't like to be that quick because they think it might affect you know their location, whatever. But then you have a guy like this that's looking to throw and looking to make a play. And that throw he threw today, I mean, there was no chance of that guy. He threw it from his knees. I think he said 197, no chance. I think it was overturned. I think he was out, and then he was safe. But uh, it still was an amazing throw. Yeah, that second one in the seventh inning. I mean, that was a great chance. And McKinstry got a massive jump on that pitch, too. I thought it was a great throw once again. Love what we're seeing from William Contreras. Uh, Another guy, another positive note from this one, Mike Brasso. Despite limited playing time, he hits the ball hard twice. He gets another home run to dead center field. Uh, Brasso... We saw he had the massive spring training. He's really only playing against lefties these days. And Brasso, every time, give him credit. Every time he's in the lineup, he is doing something positively to help the team win. And he's another one of those energy guys that will bring it every day, whether he's in the lineup or not. And to see him continue to play well, despite barely any at-bats, I think is very encouraging. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He's another guy, you know, you always root for a guy like this, you know, kind of un, unrecognized out of the draft. He's had to fight this all the way up, you know. I mean, you know, fans, for the most part, they just kind of see the guys and they, they root for them and they don't, they don't know the backstory of how hard it is for, for a guy that's not a high draft pick to get to the big leagues. So when that guy plays, he, he plays all out every at bat and just, you know, he made a great plan on the slow roller. I mean, he, he just seems to be a guy that just does every, a lot of little things really well. He does, and he played good defense today over at third base today as well. Brian Anderson being in right field certainly helps things too, and I wonder when Tyrone Taylor returns. He's just beginning his rehab assignment though as well, so he's still going to be a week, you know, weeks away at this point. But I wonder how much the Brewers are going to use uh, Brian Anderson still in the outfield and how much is they going to put him at third base, how much are they going to put him splitting between those two areas, given if Brasso is going to continue to play good defense at third base, there's a reason for him for him to stick around if you want to put Anderson right. And speaking of guys that have played great defense, Anderson has quietly continued to play well, and you saw that weird base running play. It was all thanks to Brian Anderson's arm holding up Akil Badu at third base and led to the base running gap by the Tigers, but it doesn't matter where these guys go. They're playing defense on any given night. Another really good night for the Brewers' defense. Another thing that, that you got that, that people go unnoticed is just the flexibility that you have with Miller, Rosso. I mean, even Durang playing short. I mean, just there's a lot of flexibility. So when guys need a day off or guys are a little bit banged up, you know, you have the ability to to put these guys in a multi, multiple amount of positions. And I mean, and Anderson out in right field, I mean, that's a shutdown arm. I mean, it's almost like you need a cannon for third base, but it's always nice to have a shutdown arm out in right field for sure. 
Looking uh, at some of the numbers as well for Brian Anderson's stat cast numbers uh, on his throws. I mean, he threw that one 97 on a dime from right field today to keep Akil Badu at third base. And we talked about the throw he had in Seattle that was 102 miles an hour from his hand over to third base. He's got some serious freakish talent out there. Uh, and, and you'll like this, Jeff. I caught up with him here a couple of days ago and just asking, hey, was you know, the ball in Seattle, was was that everything you got? And he quickly I said, yes, I promise you, that is everything I got. That sounds about right. I'm more of an upper 90s guy, but when I saw that number, I was with you. I was shocked that I ramped, ramped it up to the lower 100s. Have you ever played with a big arm like that, with a guy that can just ramp it up there? If there was stat cast in your day, you'd be seeing triple digits from the outfield? I mean, maybe Ichiro, Larry Walker, but I don't know. I don't think 102. I mean, that, that was an eye-popping. I mean, I don't know how Statcast, but I mean, I'm not sure who has the fastest, hardest throw. I think Kiermaier might have had one, but 102 seems to to be in the in the record-setting uh, Statcast era. Yeah, and Brett Phillips has the Brewers record. Brett Phillips threw a ball 104 miles an hour, but he had like the full run-up janitor throw, you know, where you just just leave it all out there. And runner was held up at third. And of course, Brett Phillips has the top three in Brewers history. Then Brian Anderson slots in at number four. And you're right, the versatility is great to see from him. And tomorrow, the Brewers lineup is going to look very different with uh, Spencer Turnbull on the mound. They will have Eric Lauer on the mound tomorrow as well. For Lauer, we briefly touched on him earlier here in the show, but before we let you go, Jeff, with what Lauer is able to do, despite having his velo down a little bit this season, he has found ways to get guys out, and it all kind of roots from his command. What do you look to see from him trying to string together two great starts after he had a really good one against San Diego and even better one against Seattle, and now he gets Detroit tomorrow. Well, it's interesting because Lauer, when he first came up with the Padres, was not a real hard thrower, and then he kind of tapped into some velocity. So, I mean, when he doesn't have his velocity, he still was a pretty successful pitcher at the major league level. So when he doesn't have his his best velocity. He does have the ability. The one thing I like about him is, you know, he's one of those guys, he's kind of not an, un, he's an uncomfortable bat because he could kind of airmail two pitches or throw one up and away and a cutter down and in. And then all of a sudden he just kind of spots this little fastball up in the zone. And to your point, he's almost like an invisible fastball to that top of the zone. Look, the guy is a winner. I mean, he's kind of showing what he can do. And, and obviously he loves playing with the Milwaukee Brewers. He, he loves it here. And to your point about the invisible, he's not necessarily a guy that has a massively high spin rate that people would expect to hear about invisible from. But for one, he hides the ball well. And for two, he has something called very good spin efficiency, which helps carry the ball a little bit further on. I know I've never faced a guy like this, and I know you have, where it's like you stand in the box and you're expecting the fastball to have a little bit more of a gravity effect to it, but that's not the case, and that's why we see so many more swings and misses on Eric Lauer's fastball as opposed to other guys. It's just you think it's going to be somewhere else, and surprise, you're watching 92 go right by you, and you're just so confused walking back through the dugout. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I and mean, he's also his, his command... I would say that he's, he's got command over control. Uh, so he's able to make pitches when he has to. So, But it's not like he's just spotting the ball down and away or back and forth where you can kind of um, play the game with him where you're looking at an area in, in the zone, right? If you're looking fastball away or fastball in, you know, he'll kind of scatter two pitches and all of a sudden he starts making pitches, especially when he gets traffic on the bases. He's able to slow down the game. All right. 
Jeff Cirillo joining us here. Great stuff as always, my friend. Even despite a 4-2 loss to the Tigers tonight, they'll try to rebound and make it one apiece tomorrow night. Same time, same place, 640 first pitch. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, can't wait. See you tomorrow. All right, Jeff Cirillo joining us on the show. We're going to talk who's hot, who's cold. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. We're also going to get to some highlights a little bit later. We're with you to the bottom of the hour here in the 10 o'clock hour right here on Brewers Extra Innings. All right, we're with you for a little bit longer digesting this loss. A few tweets rolling in, some questions. We'll talk who's hot, who's cold. I'm Dom Catronio. Thanks for joining us here this Monday evening. We'll be back tomorrow on WTMJ. Uh, we will be keeping an eye on the Bucks' schedule, though, of course, now that they're down 3-1. Whenever there's a scheduling conflict between us and the Bucks, we get slid over here to 94.5 ESPN with our good friends, our brothers at ESPN WKTI. And then uh, Wednesday, reminder, no show, no post-game show Wednesday with it being a day game. So we will roll straight into Wisconsin's afternoon news on Wednesday. I know the Bucks are playing next on Thursday night, and we will not have a Brewers Weekly that night as well. So that's a quick little uh, scheduling update for you. Time now to talk about who's hot and who's cold. Brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider.com. As for who's cold, I mean, the obvious answer here would be just brewers against left-handed starters. Uh, I begrudgingly looked it up myself here. Since the 2021 season, the brewers have not performed well against lefty starters, specifically their offense. They have a 224 average against lefty starters and just a 301 on-base percentage. But for the folks in my mention saying, oh, they say this every year, oh my gosh, what's going on? I want to give the Brewers credit. They are trying something new this year, right? They are putting different personnel. They're playing more Mike Brasso. They're trusting Luke Voigt to right the ship against lefties, and so far it hasn't happened. They're trying to get some more opportunities for righties. Like, you know, look at today. They took Christian Yelich out of the order against a left-handed starter today. Uh, I remember a lot of folks were clamoring about the fact that Christian Yelich was batting third against a left-handed starter, and Yelich eventually came in as a pinch hitter. But the Brewers are trying things differently, right? It's not like they're rolling the same nine out there and expecting the same results. That is truly not the case. There was only one left-handed bat in the order today, and that was Bryce Terang. And you needed him to play because if Willie's going to be DHing, then he put Bryce at short. It gives a half day off for Willie Adamas. Uh, he still extended his on-base streak as well. as He's reached base in all but one game so far this year, by the way, for Willie Adamas. But I, I look at this game, I'm not going to overreact, but I am going to earmark the fact that the Brewers continue to struggle against left-handed starters specifically. They're just 3-2 and two now against left-handed starters. They're 3-1 and one coming into the game, but it feels like a lot of the damage have come after those starters have exited the game. So trust me, if you know about, about it, the Brewers know about it, Matt Arnold knows about it. It is still only April. There is still time for things to be figured out. As for who's hot, i got to give some more kudos to Bryce Wilson. Here's a guy that I was openly you know, asking questions about and trying to figure out what's his role going to be on this team. He had a 5.52 ERA last season with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's always tough to perform on a team that's not expected to perform. And now he is performing in a brand new role as a bullpen man. He has never been a bullpen guy 
to be performing in a team that is expected to win. He's got 15 in the third innings this year. He's not going to strike out the world. He's got 17 Ks, which is solid. But opponents are only hitting 182 off of him. A 1-1-7 ERA, just two earned runs allowed in 15 in the third innings. And I wondered if the Brewers would extend him out longer to maybe consider him getting a, a rotation spot when Brandon Woodruff went down, but they decided to have Adrian Hauser be that option moving forward, which makes sense, but you'll still have Bryce Wilson available as that long relief man on days that maybe Wade Miley they want to go shorter with or days that somebody just has a rough go of things early in the game. Bryce Wilson has been a very underrated piece of this Brewers team, preserving bullpen, preserving arms, and keeping things moving in the right direction for Milwaukee. So don't lose sight of that for the Brew crew right now. Once we coming in, what's the status of Sal Freelich? The update we got the other day, if you're not familiar, Sal jammed his thumb sliding into a bag uh, on Saturday night with AAA Nashville. He was placed on the injured list. He came up to Milwaukee, actually, and uh, saw some doctors, did some tests. They're okay. It sounds like it's going to be uh, a pretty short stint on the injured list for him, just a standard jammed finger, if you will. Uh, Sal had slowed down a little bit at AAA from his hot start, but Sal's not coming up imminently anytime soon. The other update we mentioned earlier with Tyrone Taylor beginning his rehab assignment in Nashville this week. Of course, Monday is a minor league-wide off day, uh, so we will see him in action starting this week with the Sounds. And the other update when it comes to uh, injuries, Gus Varland is moving around. He's been in uniform. He's been doing uh, activities on the field. He may be projecting a return soon as well. Maybe not by the end of this homestand, but maybe on the road trip with the Giants and the Rockies coming up right around the corner. When it comes to promotions and trying to figure out the uh, the decisions around the Brewers, specifically the outfield right with Tyrone on his way back, look, Blake Perkins would then be option-backed to AAA. Joey Weimer has to play because his ability to play center field and right field uh, certainly keeps things versatile right now. But the Brewers will have to decide who's going to suddenly take most of the at-bats. What do you do with Brian Anderson? Does he solely become a third baseman? Do you give the days that he needs to play right field? There's another crossroads coming. There's full of crossroads throughout a season like this for the Brewers to figure out. So that's just a couple of little updates here pertaining to who's hot and who's cold. We'll hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next and some highlights a little bit later in the show. Another 20 minutes or so left in the program. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers fall in this one. But hey, there's plenty more baseball to go. They're now 15-8 on the season. Got 139 games to go in the season. I'm Dom Catronio. We've already heard from Jeff Cirillo here on the program. Now let's hear from the skipper after a 4-2 loss. Here's manager Craig Council. You know, they made him pay at, at the worst time. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like, in that inning, he, he just, you know, he fell behind a bunch of hitters in that inning. Um, and, um, you know, they made him pay at, at the worst time. How do you think he did just looking at the outing as a whole? Well, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, you can take away, you know, you can't take away what happened. So, you know, that that's what happens in a big league inning when you, you know, you issue three free passes uh, in, in one inning. Um, 
you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be a number on the board. Um, so um, that that's going to be a big that's going to be a bigger number if you got three walks in an inning. Chances are. So it's um, you know the other innings he, he threw the ball well. Um, you know we probably could have kept that run off the board in the in the fifth. Um, you know, but um, you know we you know there wasn't much we didn't do much offensively as well. That's kind of similar to how the Mariners outing went for him too. Is that just with how he pitches? Is that hard? You know, for him to just maintain that command or the feel for the same. No, I, I don't think that's necessarily been been an issue Collins have he's just you know he's throwing a sinker and um, the ball's moving pretty good and he was just he just had had a little trouble getting it over today Greg how good was it to get both um, Alex and well those I mean Jake did a nice job um, you know getting us through the last two innings um, you know and, and puts kind of puts a bullpen in order for for the next day so job well done by Jake Cousins tonight you mentioned quiet night for the offense um what, what was Boyd able to do to kind of keep? Yeah, I mean, I thought early he did a really nice, like the first time through, I thought he did a really nice job with his curveball. He just threw a ton of curveball strikes. Um, hadn't hadn't done that in other previous starts. Um, he, he was, and he, he landed every curveball. Um, that's that's a great way to get ahead. Um, and he, I thought he did a nice job of that. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, we, obviously we had the bases loaded inning and uh, we had first and second, nobody out and, weren't able to cash that in. Um, you know that that was that's the ending that hurts. To be able to get William on the board first home run. I mean that's that, that's what you're kind of expecting. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I think it's probably just it's a bigger deal for William just to get the zero off the board. Um, but they they were coming. Offensively, when you think about his season so far, are you happy with? I mean, he's getting his hits. Yeah. I mean, I think we're very very happy. I would say. Did it again with the defense tonight too. It looks like he's just really good. The throws from one knee look really. Yeah, no, he's he's having an, he's off to a great start. Um, should be really happy, and we're really happy with how he's playing. That, when you talk about that that other inning where they scored, keeping it off the board, do you mean Perkins just keeping the ball closer? Or do you mean that? Well, I, I I mean you could point to both of them. I mean, Blake's trying to make a trying to make a play there, and and that happens. I thought we had a play on, at the plate. Um, and, and Owen's throw was probably first base side. I think a different throw probably gets him. Yeah, a different throw probably gets him at the plate there. And not that that fourth run mattered, but the psyche wise, I think Owen knows. And Owen would tell you as well, like, man, I just tugged that one a little too much. I should have kept that on the glove side of William. Probably would have had a chance to get him out there as well. And the Brewers, you know, little mistakes added up today because. Quite frankly, it wasn't that the pitching, you know, the walks obviously made the mistakes, and the big singular mistake was the home run to Maton, but they didn't really make any other mistakes beyond that. Wilson pitched well. Uh, Cousins got out of a jam. Claudio trying to get his feet wet back again in the big leagues while he's uh, been selected again for the Brew Crew to fill some roles right now for the bullpen. There's only so many ways we could talk about a loss, you know, and it was a loss. <laughs> I mean... Teams lose games. No one's 162 and 0. No one's, you know, 140 and 20. It was a loss. So these things happen, and we'll talk about some highlights of this one coming up next. We'll be with you until the bottom of the hour here. This is Brewers Extra Innings on 94.5 ESPN. Brewers fall on this one by a final of 4 to 2. However, there were a couple of highlights. 
from this one to relive. Let's go ahead and take a moment to hear those right now. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. It started on a positive note. Bottom of the first inning of a scoreless game. William Contreras looking for his first round tripper as a brewer. And Bob Euchre called it. The pitch hit in the air to center and deep. Hey, get up! Get out of here! Gone for Contreras! There's number one on the air. He takes Matthew Boyd out of here. Dead center. And the Brewers have the lead at one nothing. However, the lead would be short-lived. That would be the only run they get uh, for the first two innings of this game. We fast forward to the third. Starter Colin Ray was struggling. A leadoff walk to Eric Haas, but he was caught stealing during the at-bat with Akil Badu. But Badu would also draw a walk. Then Riley Green would draw a walk. Javier Baez would poke a single through the right side, and then the Tigers would make a base-running gaffe with Riley Green rounding second, thinking that Badu was being sent home from third. Instead, it's runners on the corners, two outs, a chance for Ray to get out of the inning with all of those walks, with Nick Maton at the plate. 3-1 pitch. Pulled down the right field line. This is hit high and deep, and it is gone. Nick Maton with a three-run shot, and the Tigers have taken a 3-1 lead. The Brewers, though, tried to punch back in the bottom of the third inning. The lefty killer, Magic, Mike Brasso. And Boyd's 1-0 pitch. Fly ball, deep right center field. Racing back is Green on the warning track to the wall. It is gone! Brasso hits his third of the season. And the Brewers within a run. It's 3-2. His first one at home as well for Magic, Mike Brasso. Lane Grindle on the call on that one. So now all of a sudden, it's a one-run game. The Tigers, however, would add another run in the fifth inning with the infield in and a runner on third, only one out. Ground ball to second. Owen Miller threw just to the arm side or the glove side of William Contreras and set it to the third base side and allowed the run to score and make it 4-2. But the Brewers' offense would go ice cold after a big chance in the bottom of the fourth inning. They loaded the bases and left them stranded after Weimer and Perkins were retired against the side. In fact, they wouldn't have another hit after that fourth inning in this one tonight. They fall to the lefty Matthew Boyd and the Tigers by a final of 4-2. to two. We'll wrap up the show coming up after this. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. All right, a couple minutes left in the program. Once again, looking ahead to tomorrow's contest. Tigers-Brewers, game two of three. We will be on the air at 6.05, right after Wisconsin's afternoon news. Back over on WTMJ with the On Deck show coming up. Spencer Turnbull will get the start for the Tigers going up against Eric Lauer. The lefty Lauer worked into the eighth inning against the Mariners last week. That was some great stuff from him. He'll be going up against the righty Turnbull. He's 1-3 with a 7.85 ERA this season. As for Lauer, he is 3-1 with a 4-3-0 ERA. Didn't mention it much. Jeff talked about it in uh, his time while on the program, but there were some roster moves today with the Brewers 
bullpen specifically, Matt Bush being placed on the 15-day injured list. Also, Javi Guerra was designated for assignment. There is a chance he remains in the organization down in AAA if he clears waivers. But they also, as we saw today, Jake Cousins and Alex Claudio were added to the roster for the Brewers. Claudio had to be added to the 40-man in place of Guerra's DFA. And Cousins was just brought up because he was optioned at spring training. He was already on the 40-man roster. Uh, So that's your pitching roster update. We did get a chance to catch up with Matt Bush in this one as well. Matt Bush saying it's just something that's lingered, and he was trying to find a reason why his velo had been down this season. And now a few moves started to, a couple of movements really started to aggravate that shoulder. So he decided to go get it checked out. He'll see a doctor on Wednesday and then decide if further imaging is needed aside from rest. They think Bush will be out maybe two to four weeks' time for things ahead. So again, tomorrow, a 640 first pitch for the Brewers and the Tigers on the air at 645 on WTMJ. And then we wrap up the series on Wednesday with an off day coming Thursday. 1240 first pitch on Wednesday, Michael Lorenzen against Freddie Peralta to wrap up this series. And then the Angels will be coming to town Friday through Sunday. And then a road trip. The Brewers will head out west once again to Colorado into San Francisco. So appreciate you hanging out with us tonight on a heck of a news day here in Milwaukee. Obviously, uh, ESPN Milwaukee will be the place all day tomorrow for more reaction, more guests. I'm sure uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy is going to be really fun tomorrow morning as well. Uh, Scalzo and Brust will always be entertaining, uh, entertaining, and all that content can be found online ESPN Milwaukee, Wisconsin On Demand app as well. So can't wait to hear everyone's reactions to the Aaron Rodgers news. I was in the clubhouse when that news actually broke, so uh, some smiles, some chuckles, and uh, some ribbing to some of the folks around uh, that are Jets fans or Packers fans and things of that nature. So a new era is upon us for Packers football. Should be interesting to watch along. Thank you for listening. My thanks to Chris Larson, our producer, and my thanks to Jeff Cirillo. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.